Welcome to TP Talks, PwC's Global Transfer Pricing Podcast Series. On today's episode, we will be discussing the recent developments in digital taxation and how these developments may impact all companies, not just technology companies. My name is Dana Hart, and joining me today are Emma Purdy, a partner and the PwC Global Digital Tax Leader based out of the PwC Toronto office, and Will Morris, a Managing Director and PwC's Deputy Global Tax Policy Leader. Emma, I want to start with you. What has been the impact to date of Action 1 of the OECD's BEPS initiative, which addressed tax challenges in the digital economy? Action 1 was really important. It got the discussion going on the digital economy. It was helpful in making the point that the digital economy is the entire economy and should not be ring-fenced. And it contained a good description of the new digital business models. However, it did not really offer much specific guidance on what constitutes value in these digital business models or provide direction for how this value could be taxed. It also left the door open for unilateral action. As we know, the digital economy really does help to drive the entire broader economy, and it has become a critical part of many corporations' strategy, and not just technology companies, like you said. Every industry is transforming itself, and in some cases, the impact is quite significant. For example, artificial intelligence is completely changing the automotive industry. So with the economy changing so fast, and the lack of consensus on what this means for our international tax system, countries are moving ahead, and they're taking unilateral action in addressing these issues, which is creating a very difficult environment for companies to operate in. The unilateral actions come in roughly two forms. In some cases, it's a tax on digital revenues, on gross revenues, uh, such as India's equalization levy on advertising revenues. And in other cases, it is a tax on profits attributable to what's being called the digital PE, such as in the case of Israel, where providing goods and services over the internet can now constitute a PE. On the flip side, Action 1 was very decisive to change the basis of indirect taxes to the place of consumption, and many countries are also quickly adopting that. So I think there are a couple of uh, other points I just want to mention about uh, Action Item 1. The first was that, um, as as Emma said, it talks about the digital economy being the whole economy. It says we can't ring fence the digital economy. But contained in that report from 2015, there are suggestions um, from individual countries about how the digital economy nevertheless could be taxed. And it's some of those which are now coming to the fore, both from some OECD countries, through some G20 countries, but also particularly in the European Union. So it's it's this idea of uh, of equalization taxes, perhaps of withholding taxes, uh, or also uh, issues around digital PEs. So these issues have already been surfaced uh, in Action 1. What the OECD is now doing Uh, is in the final stages of producing an interim report for the G20, which will go to the G20 uh, in April, um, so in two months' time. And they are expected to look at these short-term measures. They're not expected to approve of them or recommend them, but they will discuss them. And there will then also be in that report uh, a suggestion about longer-term solutions, ways to look at the digital economy. So we're waiting for that, uh, and that, I think, will be a relatively major thing. But at the same time, the European Union is also very engaged in this. Uh, Many of the folks listening to this podcast will have read comments from the French finance minister uh, last week, uh, very specifically targeting American companies. So there is, the temperature is is quite high here. And what the EC is going to do is come forward with its own set of proposals, um, recommendations, 
not necessarily a draft law, but something probably more pointed than what the, the OECD is going to do. And uh, we were expecting that to be on March 28th. That was what was announced. But there have been reports just today that they may actually bring it up by a week uh, to March 21, so a month before when the OECD is reporting, uh, and then you know look at that at the political level with the Council of Ministers at the end of March. So there is a lot of activity uh, in this area, and it seems fairly certain that Europe will move ahead, at least some countries in Europe will move ahead with some form of digital taxation uh, in the very short term. So, Will, can you explain to our listeners why taxation of the digital economy is such a difficult topic for tax authorities to date? Uh, absolutely. Um, it, it is for that, the original insight that the OECD report had, which is that the digital is absolutely everywhere. We, we think of it sometimes as simply being tech, as being you know, the very large companies out on the West Coast. But in fact, everything is, uh, is, is digital these days. So if you think of uh, pharma companies with supply chains, you think of household uh, goods companies with digital sales platforms, you think of fintech, anywhere you care to mention it, there are large digital elements in the way business is being done. So getting your arms around this uh, is really uh, is quite hard, uh, even inside the business community, uh, outside uh, even more difficult. And within that, there is no single business model. So there is not one business model um, which is sort of linear e-commerce. It is not a, a single business model which is a multi-user platform. All of these things are really quite different. And therefore, as I say, trying to get your hands around that uh, is, is really quite hard, and you know that's where uh, governments are having uh, difficulties. So there are, you know, the traditional value drivers that, that we think about, and again, TP specialists are, are very familiar with these. Also, there are other things in there that we probably need to to look at and to consider. So the issues around data, in which uh, Emma is a real expert um, and, and can talk to more around platforms, around user base. How do we think about that? How do we think about those in relation to, to new intangibles? Um, and, you know, try to understand the role that they play in value creation. We don't really have a good idea of that, and some of the proposals which have come out don't make any attempt uh, to actually look at that stuff. But these are, these are the issues which are um, really at the forefront of this, and it is hard for governments to, uh, to think into that space. And, you know, there are some big changes, which are the reasons why governments are looking at this in the first place, which is that because you can operate uh, remotely, you don't need to be present in the way that you did with many physical uh, activities. You know, more people working in different places. It's much harder to find to to understand, in a sense, where decisions are being made. So, you know, this is this is confusing for governments, uh, and some are reaching for uh, for easy, quick solutions, which are quite honestly are bad solutions. And others are thinking more long term. Okay, how do we look at this? Uh, and bearing in mind that the whole economy is changing. Uh, how do we think about value creation, uh, and how can we make this work? I think I'll, I'll add a couple more thoughts on on the point of it is challenging not just for governments, but it is challenging for businesses. You know that are trying to utilize these digital technologies in a new way of doing business in, in either traditional business models or trying to grow out new business models. And so Will talked about you know the mobility of people being able to work virtually. That's certainly challenging for the tax system. And I would also layer on what's happening is in a lot of traditional businesses is value chains and supply chains are being much more connected and integrated through things like Internet of Things where you have sensors all through your value chains, robotics and drones, 
all those things, all those advancements that are grabbing data in real time and feeding it back to the business, what that means from a tax perspective is those value chains are so much more integrated and can change dynamically in real time. So things like transfer pricing and trying to capture intercompany transactions will become incredibly more complex because things could change uh, from day to day. If a tower communicates with one manufacturing location to say, you know, something has broken down and we need to redirect that manufacturing capacity to a plant in another country, that's just going to happen. And tax is going to need to keep up in terms of even knowing that that is happening. So I would say it is absolutely becoming much more complicated. And then you layer on the cloud and everything going to the cloud and where is the cloud and what does that mean and transactions in the cloud. So the level of complexity uh, in the digital economy is, is definitely exponential. And then the other thing is it's not going to stand still. We're trying to understand it today, but it keeps moving and it keeps evolving. So governments and tax authorities certainly will struggle to understand the digital economy and the business models. And that pace of change is only going to increase, which I would say is even more reason why I think industry and government need to work closely together to consult and collaborate to make sure when new tax policy is being proposed and designed, it will be fit for today, but also fit for the future and align with the, the business model. So Emma, what are some examples of value drivers in a digital business model? And how are these business models being used to transform traditional businesses? So I'll talk about data because, you know, Will, Will talked about some value drivers like user base and platforms, um, but data is very much kind of central and core to, to those things um, and very much integrated with it. And I think data is the most difficult piece to understand for, for everybody. Business is struggling in terms of how do they leverage and capitalize and monetize on the data, and governments are trying to figure out well, what does this mean? Because in the past, data used to be something we looked at historically uh, for performance. And so when we talk about data in the digital economy, we're talking about that big data, you know, the, the mountains of data that are created every second in the digital economy. And it has become an important driver for digital companies in terms of how they build out their business models. Big data powered by AI is really creating the value in the digital economy. It's that predictive capacity. It's that ability to, to know your customers. So the focus today of digital tax policy and some of these unilateral measures seems to be on personal or customer data. And clearly, companies are using the personal data to understand their customers better and focus on the customer experience. But what seems to be missing at the, at the policy level right now is a broader discussion on all of the data that exists. There are many types of data that are relevant to the digital economy. And to date, there's really been no mention of, for example, the industrial data captured through the Internet of Things and robots and drones that I gave you the example. Uh, that's transforming supply chains and definitely crossing borders in terms of where data is accessed, in terms of where data is actually being used and analyzed, the insights, the algorithms that are built from that data. So not only is it important to distinguish between the type of data, but there are th those important distinctions between what's that activity that, that you are doing with the data? Are you collecting the data and where does that occur and by whom? And how is that data being used to create value? So the value attributed to collecting data 
versus the value attributed to actually developing algorithms or actionable business insights from that data is very different. And if you're familiar with any of the, the measures being discussed today, it's very much about customer data and where you are accessing it and very little discussion in terms of well, what do you actually do with the data to create value. So how these two actions are treated from a tax perspective is, to me, you know, very paramount in today's digital economy. I think from a policy perspective, we're still far from understanding the role and importance of data to, to value creation. And until there's a thorough understanding of what that means to, to the economy and to businesses and to growth and productivity, we really need to be careful, I think, in terms of any kind of measures around data. Um, so I just want to add a, a more of a political observation than, than anything else, which is that, uh, as Emma just said, there is a lot of focus uh, in terms of trying to think of new taxing models uh, on data. People feel that instinctively they can understand what data is. They see a few business models where data is linked to advertising revenue, and therefore they think that they understand what data is, what the value of data is, uh, and the fact that that gives them some right to tax. Uh, in fact, obviously, as Emma has been saying, it's much more complicated than that. But nevertheless, sometimes the politics isn't. Uh, and what it means is that we could find uh, taxing proposals based on a concept of data, um, which actually bears no relation to reality. There is one of the sayings which is sort of doing the rounds at the moment is that data is the new oil, which is to say the moment that you sort of get it out of the ground and, and, and have it in your hands, even if you haven't refined it, it is worth something. And that concept is also being applied to data. That, again, as UTP folks will know, um, is really uh, uh, erroneous. It's just not the way things are. Uh, in fact, in many cases, uh, data, um, in all cases, data won't be worth very much, if anything, uh, until it's actually refined and applied uh, and monetized. But in many cases, now particularly with a collection of, of big data, some of this data will never have value at all. So again, we need to, to, to get ourselves into a position where we think about data uh, integrated back with these other issues around digital and then think holistically where the value is being created. But there is a temptation, uh, which some countries are succumbing to, to come up with very crude measures uh, of value uh, and then to assign taxing rights to that. And I think that you know, is something that we really need to watch out for. So Will and Emma, with where things stand, what are some recommendations you might have to clients that want to address digital taxation issues in their business? Uh, sure. So um, I'm, I'm going to indulge in just a little bit of advertising for, uh, uh, for a second. Uh, we have uh, formed inside of PwC a digital tax study group, uh, which Emma and I helped to lead. Uh, and this is not a lobbying group, but the, F, the aim is to, to look at these issues, to look both at the, you know, what we regard as not great ideas for, uh, for taxing the digital economy, but also to look forward and to look at these issues uh, around the value of data, uh, around destination-based taxes, around the, the value which is created by innovation, a whole range of issues, uh, and think into that and provide thought leadership um, which clients can use uh, and indeed which we can use. So as I say, that's, that's a little piece of advertising. What businesses need to do is to engage. And the danger still is that many people think that taxation of the digital economy does not apply to them. They think it applies only to the tech companies. But as I said earlier on in the podcast, you know, if you're a pharma company, if you're a household goods company, if you're a manufacturing company, if you're a financial services company, you will have large digital elements, and those are only going to grow. 
So it's really important that all businesses be engaged in this, that they understand, that they scope out uh, what their risk is, what the threat to them may be, but that they also engage with policymakers, particularly in the U.S., which obviously has an interest in protecting uh, U.S. business, but also to be aware of what's going on in Europe, uh, what's going on at the OECD, what's going on uh, well beyond that with some of the BRICS countries. So, again, to sort of recap what we've been saying, a number of these ideas came out in Action 1. They're coming back out in the EU proposals. These issues around value creation, uh, around, the, around the role of uh, intellectual property and, and valuation of intellectual property, around the role and contribution of data, uh, and about the allocation of taxing rights. The European Union uh, is looking both at short-term measures, so turnover taxes, uh, withholding taxes, perhaps digital PEs, but also in the longer term, uh, at the Common Corporate Consolidated Tax Base, or CCCTB, uh, and using that with a factor related to data, or perhaps the data anyway, uh, to allocate income uh, inside the EU. Then there are bigger questions around the compatibility with double tax treaties, fundamental freedoms, state aid rules, WTO rules, etc. So a huge amount for companies to, to think about. Again, as TP people, you can really help them think about this in a traditional way, which then builds out what we know about the new fact. But it's really, really important that every business understands that they are a digital business and that they will be affected by proposals to tax the digital economy. Thank you for that, Will. Emma, can you provide your recommendations? Yeah, sure. I think it's a lot of um, probably amplifying what, what Will said. I think there are still many unknowns in how the tax policy will evolve, evolve in response to the, the digital economy. You know, from the examples that Will ran through in the summary, you could see that there could be some very fundamental overhauls of our international tax system, and there's obviously lots of countries and governments very keenly involved in that. So I would say... You know, I think there's a huge call to action for business. I know some companies get very involved, uh, very vocal, and provide feedback and input on tax policy, but I think it has to be broader, uh, definitely broader than just technology companies. I think governments need a view from all kinds of different industries, and also not just kind of digital native type of businesses, but also traditional businesses. So they have a full understanding of the impacts of, of digitization. So now is the time to really, you know, get involved, have their say, and get involved in, in that debate, just like we're trying to do with the study group that, um, that Will had talked about. And then I would say there is an operational recommendation. So we work with a lot of tax functions, and you know today a lot of tax functions, and particularly transfer pricing people, are looking to see how can they automate everything that they do around the compliance? How do we make it more efficient? And I think all of that will work well continuing down that path because digital business and business models will change and they'll change faster than you know they have in the past. So trying to comply with the transfer pricing and the broader tax compliance is only becoming more challenging. So the more that tax functions can be automated so they can be agile and flexible in their tax compliance as well as how they look at their tax footprint. Because as things change, they'll need to understand how does this impact us and kind of what, what's the worst case scenario so that they can message that to the business and potentially their boards so there is a full and transparent understanding of the implications of where policy is going. We live in some very interesting times these days and, and tax you know, is becoming much, much more important in terms of looking at your operations and your digital business models and tax really does need to be integrated 
uh, and understand where, where that's going and what's happening in the business on a very real-time basis. Definitely. Absolutely. Great. Thank you, Emma and Will. And thank you to everyone who listened to this episode. If you would like further information about this topic, please email the participants whose email addresses can be found in the description of this episode.